Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitzman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by Track Barn. And today we have a very special guest that is joining us, a two-time national champion in the heptathlon and the pentathlon, your team USA champion, already a member of the world team, one of two collegiate athletes to already be a part of that for Team USA. And in my humble opinion, the best athlete in college sports right now. Uh, Anna Hall, uh, thank you for joining us. Before we go any further, I wanna give a huge shout out to the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. As track athletes, we're gonna be running tons of miles every week and can be really sweaty and gross after a hard day of practice, but those days are behind us. Manscaped just sent me their brand new performance package, which comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Look, I've tried a lot of razors in my day, but the Lawnmower 4.0 is just different. Its ceramic blade helps reduce grooming accidents. LED light allows you to shave anytime, anywhere. And since it's waterproof, you can even take it in the shower if you want. When shopping with Manscaped, use code TWN at checkout to get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping worldwide. Show up to your next meet looking good. If you wanna be the best, you gotta look the best. Link is in the description. And now back to the video. Pleasure having you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah. What I've, I've been saying every every time I get the opportunity, I think just the, the stuff that you and uh, and Aiden Owens, especially Kyle Garland, all those guys have been doing has been insane. The the decathlon heptathletes, you guys don't get enough credit, I think, because I've seen it a lot when I was a vaulter and just it's it's insane. So I, I don't understand how you guys do all that. And be oh, thank you. No problem. No problem. So uh, wanted to get into, let's start with what, what just recently happened with the NCAA championship. Uh, we'll, we'll jump right into it here. And so you had an insane uh, championship title season, a lot of really great things that went down. The first thing, obviously, people are wondering is the, the 400 hurdle and the, the 800 double. Uh, first question, do you know how much time you had in between there was someone that had a stopwatch did you see the <laughs> official standard on that um i think i saw somewhere on twitter it was like 21 minutes and some change i believe yep um yeah so like the 16 minutes plus the time the first heat um took so yeah it, exactly yeah like 21 49 like all right that's go from one championship <laughs> race to another um so whose idea was that to to get into the to do that double because it's not one that you obviously traditionally see very often yeah, um, it was my idea. Um, after I ran the 400 hurdles for the first time at um, the first home meet that we had, um, I was like, okay, like that was so much fun. I don't want to like never get to do it again because it's kind of like dangling it in my face. And then um, we kind of looked at the schedule and we we're like, okay, like maybe you can do it at SECs. Um, and then we kind of just shut the conversation down. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, okay, I was looking at the NCAA schedule and um, trying to figure out how I could do an individual event on top of the multi, just because I feel like with the training that I do, um, I don't know, it just felt underwhelming to only, to max out at a potential 10 points. Um, I was just like, I just feel like we work harder than that and that I can do more than that. Um, and then I kept running well in the 400 hurdles and I was like, I really want to do that double. 
And then I went into Coach Holloway's office and convinced him, so. <laughs> How long was that uh, convincing? Was he giving you some fight back or was it pretty much like, uh, okay, you, you got it? <laughs> um, I actually, I first told Coach Welty like one day we were out high jumping. I was like, I've been thinking like, what do you think about this? And she was like, you're insane. And then she was like, you're gonna have to convince Coach Holloway and like, I'm not helping you. <laughs> um, and so then I took it to him and he was like, at first he was like, absolutely not. Like, there's no way, did you look at the time? Like you're crazy. And then uh, I just kind of stayed on him. And I was like, you know, like you've trained me well enough. Like, do you really think I'm not gonna be able to finish the 800? And like, if we do everything that we can um, in the first six events, like it's kind of on me to put myself in a good spot with some wiggle room. And then uh, he came around to the idea and made me try some workouts and practice that were like broken 400 hurdles and then come back run a broken eight um to kind of prove to him that i wasn't gonna just blow up and not finish and then um, we kind of went from there were there any other events that you could have potentially been you know doing you mentioned like hey you didn't want to just do one event you wanted to add another individual one was was there anything else that you were like maybe that if the 400 hurdles wasn't wasn't gonna work um yeah i actually we did discuss for briefly adding long jump to the weekend since it was before the first round of 400 hurdles. Um, I think only like 30 minutes before. So I was like, can I just take like one or two jumps and um, then just go run hurdles and be done. And hopefully like the mark, one of the marks holds for like one or two points. And I was like, that's gonna be like the easiest one or two points ever. And they were like, no. Um, so I kind of got shut down there. Uh, but yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> so well. It ended up working out pretty well for you. Uh, how difficult was it compared to what you thought it was going to be? Like when you actually finished, was it harder, easier, just about as you expected? Um, it was definitely harder. Um, I knew it was going to be harder than like what it felt like in practice, just because like you you can't stimulate a four hundred hurdles race in practice. Like there's just no way. And um, then I think just like the championship adrenaline and the emotions and all of that definitely like plays into it. And obviously I don't practice seven events into a meet, like already 400 hurdles and most of the multi done. Um, so it was definitely harder, but um, I never thought that I wouldn't finish, um, but I definitely was hoping to run faster in the 800, but also we were kind of in uncharted territory and didn't really know what to expect, so. Maybe you can give some good insight here, because one thing that was interesting when I was watching the 400 hurdles was right at the end, uh, the one of the meet officials or volunteers was directing everyone to go off the track in, in one direction. And then there's you, and, he's, and you're like trying to walk back, I guess, under the, the field house, and you say something, and then he's like, oh, like, oh, crap. All right, yeah, you go this way. Could, what, what was that interaction like, I guess, uh, when you found out you're running in five minutes <laughs> um yeah so like beforehand we've coordinated with a few of the officials um but there are a lot of them at hayward and so um they had let my trainer go into like the underground tunnel and they're like okay like when you finish you can just go stand here and then just meet us at the starting line um or like right before we walk out um and so then an official one of the officials that i guess like didn't know the plan he was like you gotta go with everyone else and i was like no like i'm about to run again <laughs> i need to go get some water take the energy gel like um, and then he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And um, they were super nice about it and very helpful. But um, yeah, it was very different, like getting, just going back under, standing there for a couple minutes and coming right back out, so. Yeah, it's like, no no changes in the shoes, just get, get right back on the track and you're just on. Yeah, I literally left my shoes on and it was just like, catch your breath, so.
Sure. And so with this, you've had a couple different uh, championships now uh, under your belt this season. You know, which, what would you say was the most rewarding for you, whether it be the, the team titles indoor or outdoors or either of your, your individual titles from, you know, the HEP or the, the, the platform as well? Yeah, um, I would say like, the, obviously, I think the team titles were the most rewarding just because um, that's what I want to win the individual title for is for to get those 10 points and then to see my teammates like also step up and um, do their jobs and perform how they want to is like really, really special. Um, but on the individual side, I think um, indoor nationals, like I think gave me a lot of confidence because I think I was battling some confidence issues and various things in the indoor season, just coming back from injury. And um, then I was really, really nervous going into that one. Cause I was like, okay, I know I have a target on my back and I am not the most confident I've ever been right now. So that's like not exactly how you want to feel. Um, so being able to like step up and perform how I wanted to there, um, I think gave me a lot of confidence going into outdoor season, um, how to approach meets. Yeah, that, so well, that takes one of our, our fan questions actually. So I'll, I'll go into that and then we'll get to the rest of them. But one, uh, one person, uh, Liam Hennigan was saying, you know, mentally, any mentally and any mentality tips that you have for pushing through uh, work when you really might want to quit or have confidence issues. So I guess what were some things that you were doing during those times when you were, you were going through some, you know, some confidence issues and you might not have wanted to, you know, to do what you want? Yeah. Um, and to be completely honest, it was like very hard. And there were definitely times where indoor season, I was like, I think I high jumped the first time and I well, and I think I like cried in the warm up area because I was so scared. And then I went out and I made like 170, which like for me is terrible. And so then there was like tears again and just like my foot hurts. And I remember I like told my coaches, I was like, please never make me do that again. Like, I don't want to high jump again. And they were like, okay, like calm down. Like it's going to be okay. And they weren't even that upset with like the mark, Like they're like, that's a very good starting place. Like you just have to start from somewhere. Um, but I think a lot of, I realized a lot of the pressure was like coming from me to just like come back and be like right where I was before my injury and have no building, which is just not how it works. And um, so I think the biggest thing is honestly just to, like keep showing up and then just having faith like, okay, eventually it's going to get better. And like I've gone through things before times when like events fall off before and I've always fixed it in the past. So like this isn't going to be any different. Um, and then just having those people around you that like lift you up when you're down and um, know when to give you the tough love that are like, okay, like you're being a little much right now or um, also know when you just need like a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, it's important to have that good support system, you know, for the, you know, whether it's friends, uh, you know, parents, you know, whoever it might be to, to be there to, to help you out. Uh, and I, I know what you mean, like coming back from injury and wanting to be like exactly how you were. Like I had a fracture, I was a pole vaulter and fractured my back uh, when I was in high school. And I was like, first, like, that was like the first meet back. It's like, oh, I jumped like two feet under what I could actually do. I'm like, well, what's going on? It was like, well, yeah, because, you know, Fracture yeah. back. It's you know, <laughs> yeah. high jumping off of your foot that you broke a couple months earlier. Of course, it's going to take some time, but as an athlete, you don't really think that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it can be a little, little tough. But like, so you mentioned that you know your, your foot, you know, that was something that like, was a battle for you. And it was, I know, watching the, the Olympic trials, like, you know, just the timing of it, you know, kind of really sucks. Like, yeah. What was it that you, you learned, I guess, you know, mentally as well as, you know, just what was the difficulties physically as well for you, you know, coming back from that injury? Yeah, um, I think 
starting like physically, I think in the fall, like when I finally got cleared, um, I was actually pleasantly surprised by like cardio wise, how fit we were able to stay with like the pool and the elliptical and all those different like bikes and stuff like that. Um, so that was nice. But then the plyos, like missing fall plyos is kind of a lot. And as a jumper, I'm not used to like jumping and not feeling bouncy. So like the very few first few times, like going back to like, even just like box jumps, I was like, whoa, like I can't jump anymore. Um, so physically, like that was probably the hardest thing to get back, just like the reactivity, I guess, of my ankle and foot. Um, and then like emotionally, um, really just like the confidence like the very first few high jump practices i like wouldn't even take off and so like my coaches like they're angels for like sitting through that like they were my therapists out there they were like okay like we're just gonna do approaches today and then if you feel okay like maybe just jump onto the pit like and um so just starting slowly and then building from there um i guess is like the biggest way that i overcame like the emotional trauma i guess <laughs> and so what was it like when you stepped back onto Eugene's track for the first time at USA's, and I mean, you have the the tweet pinned on your uh, on your thing, going from you know falling down at the Olympic trials to less than a year later, you know, being the USA champion. Uh, what was it like to be back at you know the place where it all happened and, and really kind of you know avenge you know the, that injury that you, that you had before? Yeah, um, USA's was actually for me, it was at Arkansas. Arkansas, damn. Yeah, no, That's no worries. Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> it is confusing. But obviously, um, it was a little nerve wracking and I think it would have been really easy to like step into that like nervousness, um, like mind space of last time I was here, this all happened. And um, I definitely did have those like thoughts of doubt that were like, well, what if I just like can't perform at big meets? Like, what if I'm just that person that just like, when the lights are on, you just can't. And, um, I, it was easier, I guess, for me to breathe those away with just thinking about like the support system that I've had. And I was like, obviously um, this performance at USA's is like for me and for the work that I put in, but also for um, all the people that helped me come back from that and my family that flew all the way to Olympic trials just to watch me fall in the first event. And um, I was just like, I just have a lot of people supporting me and like cheering me on. So um, I really just tried to focus on that part of it and do it for them and for myself. And then um, I did finish 100 hurdles and like look up in the stands. I think my dad, like Kyle's dad um, and some of like Garrett's parents were there. And I was like, I finished this time. Like, it's going to be a better meet <laughs> um, and just kind of keep it like light and fun. Yeah. And you, you mentioned your family. You come from a very athletic uh, family. You know, like, like your, your dad was a, a great athlete, you know, your sisters as well. And there's everyone in your family seems to be, you know, division one athlete after D1 athlete. Like, what was it like growing up in a household where it just seems like sports are, are top of mind uh, all the time? Yeah, um, it was really fun. Honestly, it was really competitive and um, it felt normal to me. And then like now that I've grown up, I'm like, oh, OK, like not everybody's <laughs> family is like like that. And just like going to um, my sister's tennis tournaments and then coming to support me um, on my track meets. But um, it was fun just having like my family kind of like get it and understand my goals and like the sacrifices that each of us had to make. Like sometimes we missed each other's stuff because um, there's a meet that week or um, whatever. And so um, honestly, just having them as my biggest support system and me being a part of my sister's support system was kind of like my favorite part of it. 
I think uh, I remembered seeing you you've done an interview a little while ago um, when it comes to your support system and uh, at an indoor, I think it was indoor nationals or something, you know, with COVID going on, fans weren't allowed, but your dad, I think, still found a way to, to support you. Could you kind of share like what, what happened there and, and how he, he was still able to, to kind of, you know, be there for you even when fans really weren't allowed to, to be there? Yeah, yeah. My dad, um, he comes to most track meets. Um, both my parents come to like as many as they can make um, reasonably, but especially multis, like my dad had never missed one. And then um, obviously COVID happened and there's no fans allowed in. Um, and I was getting ready to run or do the pentathlon, I think at indoor SECs. Um, and he was like, I'm still gonna come to Arkansas. Like, I know I can't get in, but like, I just like want to take you to breakfast before and dinner after. And I'll just see if I can like peek through the windows. And I was like, oh my gosh, dad, like you don't need to fly all the way here. Um, and he did, and he did peek through the window. And I think the ESPN guys caught him doing that, but um, it was really nice and like sweet. Obviously like that's something I'll remember forever uh, that my dad did. He definitely set the bar pretty high. So <laughs> did you see him uh, while you were doing any events with the head through the window, just looking for you? Um, I did see him like in between events, never when I was like competing, but then I looked back at like the 800 video and you can see like a figure <laughs> in the door as we like run by and I'm just like, that's my dad. But um, so, yeah. So you've been running track up for, for a pretty long time and doing the multi, like, did you know that you know, the, the multi is something that you wanted to do for, for a while? Uh, or, or what kind of you know events was it that you really focused in on when you were, you were first getting started in track? Yeah, when I first started track, my first passion was definitely high jump. Um, part of that, I think, was I was always like nagging my dad to let me like participate on the club team that he was helping coach, and um, he's like, "You're too young, you're too young." And then when I finally, they finally just gave in. Um, he sent me off to the side with her name was Coach Connie, um, and he was like, "You can go with her," and she was coaching the high jumper, so that was like the first thing that I did. Um, and then I also ran the 1500, which is like a very odd yeah. <laughs> double. <laughs> so um, I remember when I was young, I like, I think I told my dad, I was like, I'm gonna be the first person to do both of them at the Olympics. And he was like, that's not a thing. Like eventually you're gonna have to <laughs> pick, okay, a, okay. <laughs> like, pick a route. Um, and so then I just didn't want to give either of them up. And then I started doing hurdles for fun with one of my friends. And then my dad was like, well, maybe I should try a multi. Um, and I think I did like a pentathlon at one of those USATF like summer meets. Um, and then I really liked it. So I just kept, kept with it. But, yeah. Well, I was taking a look at your, your old miles for the account to try to find events that you haven't done. Because you've done pretty much everything. <laughs> one event I've ne I, I, I haven't heard of, and I'm wondering if you could get some insight on this, was the softball throw. Uh, it said you had done the softball throw. I don't know when it was. Do you remember ever doing a, a softball throw in a track meet or, or what that might have been? I don't know what that is. Um, I Maybe that's like a, no, cause I didn't start javelin when it was like the turbo jabs. Um, <laughs> I'm really not sure. Unless I was like, maybe we were so young and shot put, they just let us throw something like anything. Um, but no, I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, I, was, I saw that, I was like, oh, I hadn't heard this event. I guess maybe it's, you know, like 10-year-old track or something. They had some, no shot, whatever. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe at that point, those shot puts are so light. It's pretty much a softball. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, something to go back to the, the championship. Another thing that I thought was really 
really cool or, or funny was the the tweet you kind of blew up a little bit on twitter from what was it kevin barbaro uh who said are and i quote and people are shocked that kids enter the transfer portal i will bet a thousand dollars that she talking about you anna hall will score less points than she is projected and then you go in and score just as many points as you were projected and then say my venmo is in a hall seven uh do we have any updates on that story uh, on, on what happened and you know what, what was going on there yeah um he did i think reach out to like the gator collective which is like an nil um group here and offered to do like an nil package but um i don't think i'm gonna pursue that because i wasn't um super serious and i i don't want um what's his name i think kevin i don't i don't want his money but um i more just wanted to kind of get the jab back of I think because of the tweet he replied to that I was tagged in, like I was tagged in the reply. So I remember like seeing it come up on my phone, like one of the days after we finished practice in Oregon. And I was like, this is kind of rude. And the fact that you would tweet it, even though you know it's like coming directly at me. Um, so I remember I had that tweet in the back of my mind. And then when I finished, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just like get my little lick back. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> I'm not gonna take his money. Got, uh, got the revenge there. Uh, and. You know, with that, you know, so you didn't start off here uh, at Florida. You started off down in uh, in Georgia, or I guess up in Georgia for you, uh, and then going to, to Florida, joining your you know teammate now, uh, Jasmine Moore. Uh, what was that uh, you know decision time like, like with you, you know, you reasoning why you wanted to leave, and you know what coming out to, to Florida there? Yeah, um, I had primarily out of high school, like a really big reason that I chose Georgia was Pet Coach Petros. Um, who was the head coach there at the time, um, just because he's like so well known in the multis and there was just a great multi and jumps um, training group there. Um, and I loved working with him and um, that group was amazing. And then um, towards the end of last year, um, he told us that he was leaving um, college track. And so when we found that out, um, I think Jazz and I and some other people um, like went into the transfer portal just for like we're gonna look at our options like I was considering staying at Georgia still but um, I was just like okay this is like a really big change so um, I felt like it was fair to get a chance to like reevaluate everything and then uh, come the summer just talking to other coaches and things like also reflecting back on my experience at Georgia like I don't think um, it was the best school for me like off the track like um, just like socially and academically and things, I wasn't as happy as I would maybe want to be. Like it definitely wasn't where I would have picked if I like didn't do sports, if that makes sense. Um, so then uh, after talking with my parents, I was like, I think I can find a place that's a better fit for me off the track um, where I can still get what I need on the track. And um, it kind of just ended up being Florida. And I, it was funny, I already knew that Jazz was going there. And so that was like definitely a bonus, um, but we both came to the decision on our own, um, which I think was really cool. And it's definitely been really nice having her here, so. Yeah. Did you guys train at, together at Georgia as well and, and here, or was it kind of separate groups since you were the Um, We trained together like some days at Georgia and then we lifted together. Um, we definitely train together more here at Florida. Um, I jump with them pretty frequently. Like they obviously jump more days a week um, than I do, um, but I lift with her and stuff every day as well. So, um, but yeah, it's really fun. 
So you mentioned off the track stuff, and it's hard to believe that someone that's competing in so many events is many much off the track uh, time. Like, what are some things that, that you do enjoy, uh, you know, when you're not, you know, busy, you know, working out or, you know, preparing for, you know, USAs or, or whatever it might be? Yeah, honestly, school and track takes up like the large majority of my time, um, but mostly just like hanging out with friends and like um, Florida has been like a really, really good fit. I think for both me and Jazz, like socially, we just um, fit kind of like right into the athlete population here and it's very like welcoming group. So um, just messing around with people from the other sports is super fun and just go to the pool, relax, kind of get your mind off of sports. Um, so it's nice. I feel like here, I feel like I have more of a escape where it's like I can focus on track when I need to, but I can also like still feel like a college kid um, on the side as well. So looking at some of the other student athletes that are, you know, do other sports outside of track, who do you think would be really good at either the heptathlon or the decathlon that might be competing in another sport at uh, Florida right now? It's really interesting. You say outside of track? Yeah, so maybe a basketball player, softball player, you know, any anybody that you may know, you're like, yeah, give, give the, the deck or the, the hep a little practice. You might, you might be pretty good. I might be biased in saying um my boyfriend that's on the tennis team but he definitely he has some track genetics in his family um and he's jokingly come out and like done the shot put with me a couple times and i haven't seen any other athlete do that so i wouldn't know if they were better um so i think i'm gonna go with him um that's ben shelton <laughs> there we go we'll get uh we'll have to get uh coach holloway to start recruiting on the, the tennis team see if we can uh get him yeah. over, uh, get, get, get him to switch over yeah <laughs> there you go uh then got some uh some off the track uh questions here for you had some some fan ones uh first well actually before we get into the fan questions so you did an interview i think it was back in high school talking about what you like to eat before a track meet and you were saying butter noodles and grilled chicken i was wondering is that still what you have before track meets uh that is still my preference but now just traveling to so many different places um i don't always get that but um i normally always have some type of buttered noodle and then salmon or chicken so um Pretty similar, yeah. <laughs> Keep it easy. Don't want to have too many crazy things going on. You know, make it. Yeah, no, make makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, and so, going to some of the the questions that we have, um, Athletic Zion says, um, "How do you balance academics and sports?" Yeah, um, it's really hard, um, honestly. Especially this year, I feel like I've with the rehab and. Um, just like a new training schedule. I feel like I've been out at the track more um, than I had previously. So a lot less time for like studying and that type of thing. But um, just honestly learning how to like study efficiently, um, finding like what works in each class um, at the beginning. So like working really hard like the first month of school to figure out like, okay, like what's the most efficient way that I can get the grade that I wanna get. Um, but honestly, like the biggest thing I learned here is just like I have to get up early and do school before I start my like track day. So like if I get up and I do like one hour or two hours of school in the morning um, and then I just like come back to it at night um, and I'm that way I'm never coming back from practice like exhausted with like four hours of school to do. Um, that's kind of the best tip I have. <laughs> what has been one of your favorite or least favorite classes that you've taken in college so far? Yeah, um, I would say my favorite class has probably been, um, I really like statistics that I took this past semester. Um, yeah, I was like business analytics 
Um, I just like math. And then my least favorite was also this last semester I took financial accounting and reporting, which I think is like accounting three here, like the third one. Um, I mean, accounting is just like hard read out business class. Um, and those concepts were just really like upper level accounting and um, they were definitely pretty tough, especially in season. That was um, a tough one. So Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm bad with all types of math. So yeah, that, <laughs> I was uh, doing business major as well. So yeah, there's accounting classes and stat. I was like, man, go to my tutor every day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had a really good professor and he did his best to make the class like manageable for everybody, but it was tough. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, we've had this question from probably 30 million people. So we got to ask it, but what was your, what's your favorite and your least favorite event uh, in that table? Um, It changes and the changes I kind of coincide with what events going better. Um, But I think this year I would say my favorite event has been long jump and the 800, they're tied. And then my least favorite event this year is probably high jump uh, and javelin. Yeah, sorry that it's like two, but they're tied. Yeah. Is it because, does it have to do with that? Because that's the plant foot on the left. You put a lot of pressure there. Is that kind of any, any tie to that? Um, definitely a little bit. I think high jump is just an event that, um, even when I was jumping really well in the past, like it's always not been the most comfortable on my ankle. Like it's just kind of a painful event. And so then how going into it with like a foot that already sometimes has pain and um, you don't always have full confidence back in um, just kind of makes it not quite as fun as it used to be, but it's definitely getting there. <laughs> then uh, last question that we, last fan question we have for you. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how to answer this, but uh, this was from MJPTV. He says, do you got that dog in you? So <laughs> do you got the dog in you? Um, I would... I mean, I would say so at meets. Um, I think people a lot of times like don't expect me to be so like quiet and reserved off the track, but I'm very different from practice to meets, but I definitely do think um, there's a switch. So I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the celebrations after after your high jump bar. It's just like, the, let's go, just getting the, getting the crowd animated. It's, it's definitely a, a lot of fun for sure. Um, and so last one for you, well, I guess we'll this and then talk about the your world's coming up. You got um, the Bowerman, especially on the women's side, for me has been super, super close. I mean, obviously you and your, your teammate Jasmine, uh, you know, two of the two of the top in the country, you know, you got Abby Steiner, Cameron Rogers, and a, a ton of other women athletes here. Is that something that you, you thought of much this year or kind of just like, you know, not, not paying too much attention to, you know, the, those types of things? Yeah, I mean, I'm always honored to be like even in the conversation and like when the watch list comes out and I've been on it a few times this year, um, that's always um, exciting and it's nice um, as like, especially as a multi-event athlete, just like kind of get in the conversation with some of the individual um, event athletes. So it's been really nice and it's um, an honor, but it's really hard to compare like between events and track. And so um, honestly, I feel accomplished just to be, have been in the conversation. And then beyond that, like even when we discuss it on our team and um, thinking about the accomplishments that all the girls across all the events have done, it's pretty hard to like actually stack up like what equals what. Um, 
So, I mean, I think there's an argument could be made for so many different people, but um, yeah, I'm just honored to be included in the conversation. Yeah, it's, I, I think I spent like an hour, like I'm like, dang, I gotta come up with a ranking, but, and honestly, I think it should all be number one <laughs> right now. Like, it's, just, it's just so- It's just so, so hard, yeah. Yeah, it's just so close. And so um, now, I guess by the time this episode comes out, you would have already, you might've already done it. You might just be finishing up competing. But we got USA's coming up. Is there what? What's your plan for that? Because you've already qualified for the world team earlier on. Do you plan on competing at all, or, or what's that kind of look like for you? Yeah. So um, I'm gonna go because my whole team is pretty much all the Americans on our team are going, and the coaching staff's gonna be there for the week. So um, obviously gonna go with them for training, and then um, I'm gonna compete in the hundred hurdles, the high jump, and the long jump. Um, just as kind of another, like, it's almost like a run through for Worlds and um, it'll be really good practice. I don't like to go that long without um, competing. So um, I'm happy that I kind of get one more in before Worlds so I don't have to take um, too big of a break. So you're saying you want to do it for training, but let's say you make the team, you know, obviously you want to, what if you make the team in some of these individual events? What's the, do you have a plan for what you would do? Would you try to do both or what's, what's kind of the idea there? Um, I don't think I would, uh, I don't think that's gonna happen, but I don't think I would do um, both. I thought about, I had very much tried to convince my coaches to let me run the open 400 hurdles because I thought I did have an outside shot at like the fourth spot um, that's available there. And I would have wanted to do it at Worlds, but they were like, no, like we're gonna hone in on the multi and um, focus on that. And even though I wasn't that happy about it, um, I do trust their judgment and I know they have my best interests at heart. So um, yeah, I will just be focusing on the multi-worlds. Coach was like, you convinced me once, we're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get one. So yeah, looking forward to, to Worlds. I mean, uh, something that was really cool, you, you put it in your caption and Instagram after you had, you had gotten injured. It was uh, time to rehab this ankle and work towards World Championships next year in Paris 2024. Uh, that was this time last year like what's it how's it feel you know being able to complete at least step one of that prophecy and you know making your first uh you know world team here you know for the you know, senior team yeah um it felt amazing and um i guess it didn't really set in for a while but like to realize like i made a senior team like that's a very um high level in our sport and so it's really exciting and um honestly i'm just like really focused on doing everything i need to do I'm here to get ready to put my best foot forward for um, both our country and like USATF and um, hopefully um, come back with a PR and wherever that place is, I can't really control. But, um, you know, if I PR by one or 200 points, then I feel like I've got a good shot at placing pretty high. So there we go. There we go. Well, Anna, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been awesome hearing about your story, your journey this year and where you've been and where you plan on going. Uh, where could people go to learn more about you, maybe follow you on, on social media, anything like that? Um, you could probably, I'm definitely the most active on Instagram. So um, I think my Instagram handle is Anna with two A's at the end dot hall. Um, so probably there. Um, other than that, maybe Gators Track and Field Instagram. They're always updating on everybody. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna. And thank you everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. If you want more content, go and follow us over on Instagram at Track World News. We post content almost daily over there, as well as our YouTube channel and other podcasts. There, uh, podcasts. So thank you. Have a good one. Peace.